Hey, what's up, guys? It's Bryson here, back with Alonzo for another preview. The Patriots are playing the Dolphins this weekend. What is going on, Alonzo? Hey, not much. Just getting into the groove of things. College, first week. It's pretty fun. Different. I like it. Yeah, just wait till the end of the semester when you have four finals and they're all in back-to-back days and you've had two hours of sleep and you've bought ten Red Bulls and you don't know what the hell you're doing with your life and you want to drop out. Yeah, I actually like that's happening in what is it now, three months? So I can feel it. I can already see it. <laughs> I can see myself just like dropping out or maybe killing myself right before a final. <laughs> That's definitely that's definitely the way to go. You trying to avoid a final? Just off yourself. My, my roommate's laughing at me for saying that right now. Oh man, I was just everyone. I was just telling Alonzo off the record that uh, I had a test and I had a really hard test and I was studied so hard for it. And the teacher ended up texting me and said, "Hey, congrats! You have the high score. I'm graded half the test." So I walk into class and I am super pumped. And uh, turns out there was two C's. I had one of the C's and the rest were F's. So I don't know what you can make of that. He said he's not <laughs> curving a 75 to an A. So Oof. that's college for you, buddy. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. The real question is, did you bet on the prop bet? That is, Josh Gordon must smoke the football like a blunt, <laughs> and it must be done during the regular season. Will Josh Gordon do a puff, puff, pass, <laughs> touchdown celebration? <laughs> You can bet on this right now on my bookie. I want the answer so badly to be yes. <laughs> Just so badly. You'll make a lot of money if you bet yes. Yeah. It's like minus 600? Yeah. No, it's no, it's plus 400. No, it's right. minus no, no, 600. No. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Someone's got inside information here. This is a weird bet. It's a weird prop bet. You're right. <laughs> this is really weird. Just imagine, imagine that happens, and Belichick gets mad. Like that happens after a two hundred yard vintage Josh Gordon game, and then Belichick gets mad and he cuts him. But we all make like a thousand bucks because we put five bucks on the yes, <laughs> so we don't care. <laughs> we hate it. Yeah. All right, man. So uh, Bentley and Burkhead go to IR, and we absolutely hate this because Bentley. While a rookie was our best linebacker, best cover linebacker, fastest linebacker. The best by far, I'd probably say. And Burkhead sucks too because obviously he's just a he's just a good player. He can do a lot of things, but Bentley's gonna hurt a lot worse, and we hate it. Yeah, for sure. I think the casuals, the casuals out there, shout out casuals. They're probably looking at Burkhead as a as a huge loss and just a bigger loss than than Bentley. But really, when you look at the team, I mean, and how they were using their players, I think that. Sony Michelle was definitely kind of easing into that lead back role where Burkhead was going to take a role, I would say, pretty similar to what he was playing by the end of last year, just complimenting, complimenting Michelle on early downs like he did with Dion. And I'm not saying it's ideal to lose him because it's not. And I actually think Burkhead will be back at some point this season. But I am saying that it's not like a devastating loss for the offense by any means. Um, he was probably the third most important back on the team at this point. Anyways, Bentley, like you said, Bentley really hurts because I mean, the guy wore the green dot last week and he has been, despite our, our reservations about him, probably the best linebacker on the team up to this point. And with him out, I guess there's, there's no real suitable replacement for him unless Hightower gets back to his old form and just gets his legs under him. Um, I do think they're moving Hightower back off the ball. Um, we'll talk about why later. It'll be either Hightower or Van Noy, but uh, it hurts. Both of them hurt, and it's nothing they can't overcome, I would say, but it's still it's far from ideal. It is definitely far from ideal, especially the way the Patriots have looked in the first couple of weeks and getting ready to play this Dolphins team, which is really fast. Like I just told you, they have two of the top 10 fastest players in the NFL on their team, the fastest track miles per hour anyway, so far. So, yeah. so we're going to need some fast players and we don't really have that right now. And not having Bentley kind of hurts a little bit, especially in the middle of the field, but 
you will be pleased to know that the Patriots have signed John Simon, who is your boy. How do you feel about that? I feel vindicated. <laughs> I mean, I've been talking up John Simon to the Patriots for, God, I think it's been over five months now. Easily. <laughs> and he, I think he'll come in, he'll just provide a sturdy edge presence, kind of what we expected Derek Rivers to be in that mold of a guy who can drop out in coverage, athletic on the edge, not a Adrian Claiborne, pin your ears back and rush, but more of a well-rounded player. I mean, I think if you just, if you consider Trey Flowers an edge, I think at this point, Simon might be our second be- and high tower linebacker. Simon might be our second best edge player, which is, I mean, I don't know if it's as much an indictment on the other players as it is, what you know a testament to what Simon can be in this defense and he's a perfect fit he was a perfect fit for Houston you'd look at the Colts beat writers what they say about him he works his ass off I love this move yeah I do too and he's he's not the most athletic guy but he still has pretty good measurables he ran like a 6-1 I mean a 7-1 a 6 cone Three count, I mean, which would which what Belichick would love, and runs like a four five forty. So he's a decently athletic guy, especially if you're going to play him like at an edge position, which he can do. He can do both. He can play outside linebacker and the edge. So he's pretty versatile. Yeah. We're going to like that. And I think it. I think it's once he learns the defense, it'll be pretty quick. He'll be one of the better defensive line players, like you just said. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that his signing is probably an indication that. They're moving one of Hightower or Van Noy back off the ball mm. just for good. Van Noy. And one of them is going to wear the green dot. I, I mean, based on the way both guys have looked this year, I think you'd probably rather it be Van Noy. Right? Probably. Yeah. Van Noy's looked a lot more nimble than Hightower, who has looked everything but nimble in the first three games. But maybe with Hightower, it's just him knocking off rust, playing himself, getting his legs back under him, and he'll be good to go eventually. But uh, still, one of those guys, I would assume, is going to wind up playing in the middle just as the main the main linebacker, main communicator, uh, sort of leader, helm of the defense role. Yeah, for sure. And about Hightower, like – I know there was a quote about him knocking the rust off, but to me, when I just watch him, he, he not only is he not fast, he looks hesitant, and he's also, when he engages with players, he's not very powerful. Even even if it's a back, you know, pen pass pro or a tackle, yeah. or when he engages, he's just not powerful either. And that's I think that's a lot worse than him looking slow to me. And that's why, well, I, I don't know, man. Knew him that, like, but yeah. I guess so. But maybe look at this just as a point of comparison with Hightower. Do you remember how Gronk looked the first four weeks of 2014? Right. It was the same thing. He wasn't moving well. He seemed scared uh, coming off the ACL. And then he got his legs back under him. And starting on from beyond the Cincinnati game on, he was tight end in the NFL. And Hightower maybe doesn't have to be everything he once was, but I think as long as he improves, and I think he will improve, the defense is going to be just way better off. And I think his upside in this defense, just as an improving player, I would guess is higher than that of Bentley, even if Bentley had just stayed healthy. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we should be too somber about Hightower. I think it, it'll probably get better, like like you just said. He definitely looks hesitant. Maybe it'll get better. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it'll be this bad all season. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. So let's start off with the offense. So, as we all remember, the last time the Patriots played the Dolphins, it was that Monday Night Football game, and it was absolutely a train wreck. And I actually fell asleep during the game, and I don't fall asleep during. I I did too. I don't fall asleep during like anything, and I fell asleep during this game, like during the during probably at halftime, and woke up in the first fourth quarter when the Patriots started to rally a little bit. I watched both of the the Dolphins Patriots games at home and away today. My big takeaway and the takeaway for this game is that 
one, Gronk wasn't there. And I think he was a big part of their plan in the first game. Gronk absolutely dominated them, especially especially in line. Just getting behind the backers on play action and stuff like that. So even little stuff like that, because no one else in that game could create separation. We remember Xavier and Howard absolutely fathering Cooks. That was yeah. terrible. But in the first game when Gronk played, New England dominated. I know Tannehill didn't play that game, but he didn't he didn't play the second game either. Cutler did. But as for the offense goes, I I don't think I'm worried as much because Gronk Gronk's playing, and I think Gordon is going to play. So that's that's a lot better. I think the Patriots will try to spread him out a little bit and use Gordon in that way. I hope anyway because I I think it could get I think it could be a very tough game if the Patriots, let's say, go two tight ends or two backs all game. And without Gordon and eleven, well, I'll go the other way. I think that that's what they're going to do because I just don't see how they're going to trust Gordon. Seeing as he's hurt and seeing as he just got here, I think, like it'll be tough to really use him in a major way. I think certain sort of niche packages, we could see it, and I would love to see it. Like I'll be the first to. I'm probably buying a Josh Gordon jersey. I don't even care. He'll probably be here for less than less than 12 weeks. But uh, still, look, I want the guy to succeed. I just I think this week it's just asking way too much of him. And I'm very worried. I think the blueprint for how to defend New England has just been laid out plainly by both Jacksonville and by Detroit. If, if you just treat Gronk like a punt gunner, and you put your top corner, which in Miami's case is Avian Howard, who is all credit to him. He's turned into like an elite, high-end, top-of-the-top corner. And, I mean, if they put him on Hogan or Dorsett or just whatever side he's on, he's locked down. And if they're doubling Gronk and they're treating him like Patricia treated him, uh, where's Brady going with the ball? Like I'm, I'm still like I can't get over that. Yeah, definitely. That's my worry for the game as well. If Gordon doesn't play as much, and you just have packages with Hogan, Dorsett, Dwayne Allen, and Gronk, and they just like you just said, treat Gronk like a punt gunner and double him the whole way. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty tough. The key is actually this: probably Sony Michelle running very well. If Sony Michelle can run well, the Patriots can get some play action going. That would be extremely helpful. I mean, they rushed for 200 yards the first time they played them in 2017 when Gronk played. Yep. Yeah, Sony, look, now when when they made the pick, it seemed like a luxury pick. But right now at this point, he is one of the most important players on offense for this game. Um, It's another game, like, just basically the whole first month has been and the whole first month was always going to be where they can't fall behind. They can't get into a game where they, they're forced to use 11 extensively. And it just that starts, I think, with controlling the game offensively. And it's going to be hard to do that with the passing game and with the weapons or the lack thereof. And really the way I can see them doing it is with Michelle just having kind of a coming out party. And I think, I think Michelle's going to be good I, I don't hate um, what I've seen from him at all uh, through the first the first two games. I think all the criticisms of him have been kind of overblown, but he'll he does need to play better. And you know, I think that's that's probably the key to it. He'll be all right. I think just this. I have a feeling. It's nothing more than a gut feeling that this is going to be his game. Yeah, it could be, definitely. And Bobby McCain, TJ McDonald, these kind of guys. I mean, Kiko Alonso, those guys that you think are, are good, they've allowed like 206 yards to run, running backs in the receiving game. So yeah. definitely a James White game, in my opinion. It Like, it is in theory. But at the same time, if you're putting James White out there, you're kind of telling, you're telling it's going to be a pass. Well, with Sony out there, you're telling it's going to be a run, sir. Well, take this two-edged sword, suck it. I guess fair enough, but (laughs) well, we can't be using 
like we can't like I think it, with the personnel available to us, it's going to have to be about establishing the run, just like in what other teams have done against against the Dolphins. I feel like our personnel, at least right now, is just so limited that our game plan is going to have to be a little more unconventional in that way where we can't necessarily attack um, attack their linebackers in the passing game because that's like if there, if that plan fails then all else is we're fucked we can't move the ball nah. i mean Xavier Howard he's he's really good but the other guys aren't very good i, I mean i don't really well i, I mean Phil Dorsett's not very good i don't know. he's not that bad i i think that these guys i think that these guys on the outside so for Miami are not are just not just not very good if you watch a raiders game last week they're they're just not very That's good fair. The the plan the what I really wanted to see the Patriots do is just have Gordon come out there and have Miami deploy their light front and try to just run on them from eleven. But I don't think they're going to be able to do that. So they're going to have to run the ball like you just said, and I think they will be able to. Yeah, I I hope so. I'm not I'm not really as optimistic, but but we'll see. I the X factor is going to be Gordon for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just made a smoking sound for those of you who didn't get that joke. <laughs> yeah, but Gordon and also time of possession. Like the yeah, exactly. the Patriots aren't going to win a game where they have the ball for twenty fucking minutes <laughs> at yeah. at any point. Unless this is a 2011-12 Patriots, they are not winning a game when when they have the ball for twenty minutes. So the Patriots definitely need the ball, keep the clock going, because. Uh, I have a feeling that Miami's going to string together a couple of pretty long drives. And if the Patriots yeah. are just going three and out, three and out, before you know it, they're down 10-0 and they're passing the ball in the third quarter. And it's going to be hard, especially if Gordon doesn't play. Yeah. Or even if Gordon – like Gordon could play, but he could still be, what, the the third guy in 11, right? Like maybe I guess on some packages where he's the single wide receiver, but I just – it's going to be hard for him to get a grip with the game plan and just get a hold of everything. Apparently it hasn't been an issue so far, the mental side of it, but still it's like you're playing a dangerous game counting on him. And like, let me just throw out the caveat. I think he's going to be very good this year. Like I'm a Josh Gordon believer. I think his talent's going to just wind up winning out in the end, but we just got him two weeks ago. It might be tough to ask of him to to really give a a significant, like full workload type game, at least this early on in his tenure. Can I tell you something? Yes. Josh Gordon went yes. for a one fifty drunk Fair and enough. high against Akib Talib. Fair. <laughs> Fair. But I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, um, he was practicing. He was doing individual and team drills today. So I guess that's kind of encouraging. He's not off yeah. to the side rehabbing, so he's a little yeah. bit better. But you know, we'll just we'll just see if if he can play or even play twenty snaps. That'd be really that'd be really great. Yeah, and like yeah, exactly. That would be really great. And I think eventually that those twenty snaps will be forty five, fifty. Right. But right now, it's just, boy, it's tough. And I'll say this. This is kind of a, if there's any con, I guess, to Tom Brady, is that he is not the same type of just DGAF. I'm throwing it up to, I'm throwing it up to Gordon, like a Jason Campbell or a Brandon Whedon, or even a Hoyer from Gordon's time in Cleveland. Like, I I think Brady or Gordon, I should say, is just going to have to earn his trust progressively. And Brady, I think, at some point, will see the talent and he'll see that he can do that. But it's a tough ask. Um, what twelve days into his tenure as a Patriot? Yeah, it definitely is. I want to see Brady go DJF. Definitely though. Yeah, see him bring it up to Josh Gordon. Wing it up there for sure. Like. That uh, did you watch? That's, not, that's just not him. Though. Exactly right. And if he does go, it's with someone he trusts. 
but did you watch last week's game? Like, <laughs> it couldn't have been much worse <laughs> just chucking it to Gordon <laughs> with three guys on him, to be honest. <laughs> you know, uh, I really wanted to put the thug life, uh, the, the thug life sunglasses and music on Tom Brady after you <laughs> just fucking heave that throw to Philip Dorsett. It was just like, what, what, bitch? You want what else you want me to do? I'm fucking and chucking a Dorsett. Someone make a play. Yeah, that, I think that if anything was a statement throw. Like, hey, fuck you, you gave me <laughs> Philip Dorsett is my number maybe one receiver for a month. Fuck you, Bill. You. My favorite thing, and this is a 2013 classic, my favorite <laughs> thing of games where the Patriots receivers just aren't getting open is when you see Tom Brady drop back and his shoulder dips to his fucking <laughs> hips, and you know he's about to let one fly. <laughs> Nothing good comes out of it. Nothing good. And I, yes. the, the funniest part about that is there was a Belichick quote about Tom Brady throwing that throwing that pick because that, that pick he threw uh, – towards Dorsett, uh, Belichick said something like something like, Brady, you've thrown how many, I don't know how many interceptions, 80% of them or something like that have come from that throw, like just berating <laughs> Brady for that specific throw, but that's the funniest part about that game, is just watching Brady dip to his hips and fucking chucking and you just knew nothing was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and like do we agree the Patriots are going to be good this year? Like, when it's all said and done? Yeah, they'll be good. Yes. Okay. So, when will it come? I don't know. That's my caveat to the to everything. Like, they will be good. When? Maybe it's as soon as Edelman comes back. Edelman has been – I tweeted out or retweeted a couple stats that ESPN had tweeted when he got hurt last year. And Edelman – from 2013 to 2016, the splits with him, active and inactive, had just been on another level. <laughs> like, it had been Brady turns into a pedestrian quarterback without Edelman. And with Edelman, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And then they acquire Cooks, and Edelman's hurt, so the loss isn't felt quite as much. But now, no Amendola, no Cooks. And Brady doesn't have that security blanket. I think it changes everything when he's back. But this week, obviously, he's not back, and they'll have to they'll have to piece it together. Yeah, I'm almost looking ahead to Thursday. Like I've been thinking about next Thursday for like three days now. Fuck. Are you? Are you yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thought you cut out. I was just saying, I've been waiting for Thursday for like a week now. Yeah. Like, all I can think about is Thursday. Like, I know the Dolphins are playing, and, but like, I just can't wait for Julian Edelman to get back. No, I'm with you. And it sucks because, like, this game, in the grand scheme of things, it's a week four game, granted, but it matters. Like, the Dolphins are two games up on us. They win this week, and they are three games ahead of us four games into the season with a half game tiebreaker because of the head to head. Like that is not what you want. You just, yeah. You really hate to see that. You just really hate to see that. Absolutely. All right, Alonzo. Now we can talk about the defense and I just want to fix the defense with like four moves. So I've got like four, <laughs> four things to fix the defense. I know, I know it looks bad and hot tower looks like a nose tackle, but Let's just try to fix the defense real quick. So, number one, please move Adrian Claiborne inside. They did it a couple times, but this man is not fit for the edge. He's just not. He just rushes past the quarterback. He he allows the edge to not be set. We're playing Ryan Tannehill. is an excellent athlete. He will run at any chance you give him the edge. Move Claiborne inside where he can bull rush. He's really strong. Just do that. Like you said earlier, High tower to edge. I don't think we really have to talk about it anymore. Just give the big guy a little chance to knock some rust off. Put him at the edge. And also, I don't care, Chung the linebacker. He has similar he has similar measurables to Deion Jones. He's not he's not that small. I think he he benched two twenty five like thirty times. Like this guy is strong. He can get off blocks. He plays linebacker a whole lot. Let's just let's just put him at linebacker with Kyle Van Noy full time stop screwing around and also 
um, J-Mac outside full-time. I mean, I agree with all those things. Just that's the first thing. Well, do I think we see them? No. (sighs) (laughs) So, I mean, yeah. Hightower to edge, maybe. Like, they've done that before. But I would be just as surprised moving Hightower to edge as I would be keeping him off ball and just in the middle full time. Like, nothing would surprise me with what they do there. So, I mean, yeah. But, I like, Claiborne, you're right. He's not an edge player for this system. He's not a bad player. Like, don't get us wrong. I think he'll still pro- he still provides a pass rush jolt, and he's still very useful, and he's something that he makes the defense better, right, just as a whole, as a unit. He's just not an early down player, and he's not ideally an edge rusher because he struggles with contain. He struggles rushing past the quarterback. Belichick today went on a a mini rant in his press conference about guys not being able to do anything when they rush past the quarterback, which I thought was pretty funny and like a mini shot at Claiborne, but Claiborne inside, it just plays to his strengths. You're right about that. And Chung, the linebacker, I guess I'm on board, but he basically plays like a pseudo. So linebacker, it sucks. Like we're stuck with what we have in my opinion. They did nothing to address it besides draft one player in the fifth and one player in the sixth round, and they hit luckily on one of those players, and now he's hurt. So unless there's a trade coming, which I, you love Dayon Buchanan, I might, I'll give you the floor, but unless there's a trade coming, they're stuck with what they have, and it's it's not what you want to see because we've seen the limitations of just being – slow as hell on the second level. The best offenses are going to carve you. Yeah, and on Dion, the thing about that is his salary hit is like $8.4 million And Ooh. we, yeah, he's got his fifth-year option. So, And the Patriots have $3.5 million. And thank goodness they didn't cut Dwayne Allen in the offseason because that <laughs> he's looking really valuable at 10 snaps per game, guys. Looking really valuable. <laughs> so, uh we, you know, we we pounded the table for cutting guys like this in the off season because you never know when you're gonna need a trade like this. And now we're here, and there, I just can't like, what are you, are you gonna dump off Patterson to someone? Like, who would want Patterson? That, like, I just don't, and, I just don't see a move you could make. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Patterson vested and Dwayne Allen vested? So like, if even if you cut him, yeah. I don't know if you, yep. I don't know if you clear the room. You don't associated with it. So nope. Right. Exactly. And yeah, you never know when you're going to need it. They clearly need it. And now they're basically limited to just trading for guys on rookie contracts. Oh man. And also, uh, do you think we see any Nick Grigsby this week? I don't know if it'll be this week. It makes sense that it would be this week. Just seeing as they're probably going to be looking for a spark. But I do think we see some Nick Grigsby eventually just in the middle of that defense. Belichick cannot be so blind as to not see that they need like a real speed infusion on the second level. And Grigsby, if anything, he's just fast. And he looked good at linebacker in the preseason. Like he looked better than our ex-boy Marquise Flowers during the preseason on defense. So Grigsby, linebacker, Yes, eventually, this week, maybe not. Oh, we hate to see that because the thing about the Dolphins is is Adam Gase is like Belichick, I think, said he's a game plan coach. So he's going to do what the Patriots do and opponent (laughs) by opponent, and he's going to dissect what they do really bad. And I I don't know, but I think there's a great chance he's probably watched the past two, two games. So the last the last time the Monday night football game with Cutler, what they did was they just spread the Patriots out. If you remember, Elaine and Roberts was on an island various on times. On Drake. Yeah, yes. they ran they ran rub routes. They just they punished the Patriots horizontally in ways teams like the Jaguars and the Chiefs, the teams Eagles. like and the Eagles, teams like that did. And Adam Gay saw that last year. I can't imagine he's gonna change his mind. 
I, right. I'd imagine he's going to do uh, a lot of the same stuff. But the yes. thing, the thing about this year is, um, I don't think the Dolphins' running game is as good. But I don't know if that matters because the Patriots' run defense is absolutely horrendous right now. So I can, I can just see the Dolphins coming out in eleven and just being able to run the ball out of shotgun and spread out all day long. And if the Patriots can't stop the run from there, they're in for a long day because it's just going to be, they're just going to nickel and dime all night long. And that's, that's what they did last time in Monday night football. Yeah. Um, the Dolphins offense. The fast. They're going to, they're fast. They're going to be a handful. Uh, just plain and simple. You know who leads them in targets? Fun fact. Uh, Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant. Yeah. The fast one of the fastest dudes in the NFL. And if you know yeah. any he's the guy that mossed Malcolm Butler last year. Oh, if you know anything about Jakeem Grant, he's yeah. like a poor man's Tyreek Hill without the domestic violence. <laughs> so he really is. <laughs> and maybe maybe kind of like a Corey Grant type too. I I just I'm sorry. The way this defense and let's be fair here, the defense last year that Monday night game was in way worse shape than it is now, right? They were without Van Noy. They were without Trey Flowers. Marquise Flowers was wearing the green dot and set in the edge. Trevor Riley was playing. Trevor Trevor Riley was playing real snaps. (laughs) Jonathan Freeney made his one-week cameo on the defense. Like, the defense was in worse shape last year for that Monday night game than it is now. Now, that being said, the Dolphins' offense is also – better now than it was then and the Patriots offense has not been one to instill really any confidence right now but you look at the Dolphins target distribution and almost every week we play any team we say okay take away uh, Hopkins right double team him Uh, try to take away Marvin Jones with Gilmore and double holiday and double Galladay or maybe double um, Jones and put Gilmore on Galladay and whatever. This week, like, Jakeem Grant leads their team with 14 targets. Amendola and Kenny Stills have 13 targets. Kenny and Drake, 12 targets. Albert Wilson, 11 targets. It, like, there's no one you can key on. There's no particular thing. And the real issue is that they do things that make it difficult for our defense. They do those things. They ran those little um, touch passes that stretch the defense horizontally. They've run those with Albert Wilson, with... um... So how they keep up with this team's speed, I guess, I don't... Like, I'll believe it when I see it, that they can do it. So how confident am I right now? I don't know, but... I won't be confident until they do it. Did they do it this week? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. And just like you said, the distribution of targets similar to the Jags, similar to the to the Lions. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really really tough game. The Dolphins are gonna really challenge them. And if they win, this is this is a big game. The Patriots win and win handily against this offense. That's pretty. That is pretty huge. Also, fun fact, uh, the last three games the Patriots have played at Gillette, 34-16 to 16 average score. Against Miami? Yep. Huh. Well, let's hope for more of that. But, <laughs> like, do I see any way that that happens? No. Just no. Unless Tannehill <laughs> turns into – I was going to say Blake Bortles, but if you turn into Blake Bortles, that would be horrible news for us. <laughs> if he's Blake Bortles, we're fucked. <laughs> if he's Blake Bortles, we are fucked. <laughs> so I guess unless Tannehill turns into Dante Hightower running the read option or something, I, I don't see how we hold this team to under 20, 24 points. It's going to be a really difficult game. I'm picking them to lose. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the thing, like, we were talking about earlier, the time of possession, like, if the Patriots keep going three and out, and you've got Jason McCourty uh, chasing Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant all day long, like, that could be pretty bad. That could be pretty bad. Like, all right. 
I've, I wanted to pick him to lose against Jacksonville. You know this. <laughs> I told you to bet against, or I told you to pick it for that week. I didn't have the courage to do it. Hopefully, I'm a little reverse jinx. But I'm like, like I've said, I just don't see it, man. I've seen a bad, honestly, a bad team for the um for the last two weeks, and how they write that ship. I guess getting players back, I guess getting Edelman back will change the offense, integrating Gordon. But you know what? I don't think that that they won't get Edelman back this week. I don't think Gordon's a major factor this week. So then what are you left with? It's just hard. It's it's hard for me to see a roadmap to them having any success offensively as long as the Dolphins coaches have just watched the last two games. Like, it's not hard to scheme against the Pats offense. Brady trusts two players, maybe, that can create for themselves. He kind of trusts Hogan, but Hogan cannot create for Hogan. And Dorsett cannot create for Dorsett. And Patterson... It's a documented idiot. Like, this off- I just think this offense is lacking in firepower. I think when Edelman and Gordon are back, they won't be. I think they'll be fine in the long term. But I do think we see some spicy dynasty dead, one in three, three games back in the division, that type of, that type of hot takery after the game. Yeah, and also, uh, Patterson's on the books for, like, 3.5 mil. And if the Patriots didn't didn't expect him to be a gunner, and they just expected What him, is the point? Exactly. Well, if they, Thank if they, you. If they traded for him <laughs> and they expected him to return some kicks, which I might add, meh, meh. Yeah, but, meh. Um, and his offense has been terrible at best. <laughs> so, that's worth 3.5 mil. So, okay, let me get this straight. Cordell Patterson, Cordell Patterson, worth three point five mil. Dwayne Allen, haircut, three point eight mil. You're paying seven point three mil for Dwayne Allen and Cordero Patterson. Danny Amendola, six mil. <laughs> I don't know. You tell That's me. Awful. Who, That's awful. Who, who would you rather have? That's awful. This is one of Bill the GM's worst decisions. I mean, you're paying those guys seven point three, and I'll eat crow on the Brandon Cooks trade. Like they. I I agree with the premise of trading him for a sustainable piece because he was not going to be here long term, but they just did a horrendous job trying to replace him. Yeah, they did, and then Julian Edelman was framed for PED, so that was that was even worse. <laughs> yep. You know, we if our boy Isaiah won his health, he'd be man in the right tackle position. Nothing and, well. and Philip Dorsett would suddenly get separation. He would. Isaiah <laughs> Wynn really has that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Marcus Cannon Ewing theory. Actually, I'm gonna look into that. <laughs> uh, no, um, the, look, the, their problems are just. The, I'm sorry, man. They last year they go into training camp, and. I'm not going to take credit for this line of thinking. I heard it on quick slants, but they go into training camp. Their top three receivers are Julian Edelman, Brandon cooks, Danny Amendola, Malcolm Mitchell's probably the fourth guy in terms of talent, in terms of guy you want to be out there. Hogan's a, a very great luxury item. Fifth. They have one of those guys on the team right now. One Edelman will be back from suspension, but they, They've just lost so much talent at receiver. Like I remember the, I remember thinking legitimately that last year's offense with Edelman would have been a historically great offense, and he would have been last year kind of icing on the cake for that offense. This year, he is expect he's coming off an ACL surgery. He's thirty two, and he's expected to just be the savior. Yeah, pretty much everyone died in training camp or before. Jordan Matthews died. Kenny Britt is dead, for all we know. Um, who else? Uh, there was the Riley McCarron era. That was fun. Oh, my God. Cordero Patterson. Um, Still stupid. Yeah. We're, Jacob Hollister is hurt. And, Jacob yeah. Hollister is basically a Burkhead. Yeah. He's, he was 
he was made out of the same fabric as Burkhead. Every time, I swear, man, every time Jacob Allister gets hit, he's like grabbing his shoulder. Maybe we should call up his twin brother, Cody. Maybe his genetics are a little bit better. Nah, he, he had back surgery and he's he's out for the season. <laughs> so even him. <laughs> like, it's a just a frail family. You know, the the sad thing about this offense is that Martellus Bennett had a really funny, like, NFL retirement home video where he was just joking about coming back and playing. And I was like, ooh, that sounds good because the Patriots really suck right now. I could really use Martellus Bennett. That's how bad the Patriots offense is. When we're trying to get a tight end to come out of retirement yeah. to help in 12 personnel when we're already paying a tight end $3.8 million to be a guy in 12 personnel next to Gronk. You just love uh, to see it. Yeah, and on, ha- and on half the snaps, uh, Dwayne Allen is like in a formation where it's really hard for someone that slow to block other players. And so you just wonder what's going on. Like what is what is what are we doing with Dwayne? I love complaining about Dwayne Allen every week. Actually, it's it's really therapeutic because it I is just therapeutic. I just watched the the Miami game. Like I was saying, the pass where he caught in the flat where he looked, looked like he looked like a statue. Vince Wilfork. <laughs> yeah, I, Vince Wilfork is is way nimbler than Dwayne Allen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's insulting to Wilfork. I was at the I was at the Charger game when he almost took a pick back to the house <laughs> right. Before. So, yeah, my apologies to Vince. Vince is a significantly better athlete than Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen provides nothing of value to this team, legitimately nothing. I mean, if you're paying a guy $3.8 million, as they are Dwayne Allen, and you were coming into camp thinking that a rookie seventh-round pick might replace him, and Ryan Izzo, like, maybe you shouldn't be paying that guy $3.8 million. That's just a thought. I don't know. I don't know. He just he, the way he blocks the gap down backer one at once every fifteen snaps is just it's you just can't put a price tag on it. <laughs> the, the locker room, the chemistry. Dwayne Allen, key to Super Bowls, written <sighs> written in Lombardi's book. Exactly, gridiron <laughs> genius. There should be there should be a chapter dedicated to paying Dwayne Allen and guys just of that ilk. He is terrible. <sighs> Alonzo, we just really hate it. And as for me, uh, I predict that Patriots, it's going to be a Chargers 2014-15-S game. It's going to be one of those. It's not going to be low scoring, but it'll be 27-24 Patriots. Oh, Patriots sneak out of there. Patriots sneak out of there. All right. How, how are they getting to 27? I, I see – a Patterson kick return for a touchdown that gets us excited for like a minute on Twitter till we till we remember it's going to happen never again this season. All right, I take it back. Patriots twenty three to twenty. Okay. That that I mean, <laughs> this offense getting the twenty three points. It's going to come <laughs> off. It's going to come off a turnover from the defense. Um, a special teams touchdown. And then just like one field goal or a couple field goal drives just sprinkled in there. Yeah. I could just name all the teams in the NFL that I'm more confident in their offense. Like I'm way, I'm, yeah. Mitch, Mitch yeah. Trubisky's offense. Like I'm more confident. I am in that more confident. Yes. Yes. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. I am, I am more confident on a week to week basis right now in Blake Bortles than I am in this offense. Well, the bad news for Blake is he's not playing the Patriots every week because I bet heavy on Blake and he lost me some money. Oh boy, you went against nine your Titans to, nine to six. You fuck face nine to six. Six Titans. fucking points, Blake. Are you kidding me? <laughs> six fucking uh, points. This Titans team... a sneaky two and two and one Titans sneaky stealth Titans better roster than the Patriots. Trying to be the Patriots, we hate it. Better roster than the Patriots, um, maybe. Speaking of actually ex Titans, Richard Matthews, not not ever going to be a Patriot, like never. Really? Nope. Why? You just said it. Titans. He's he's friends with the he's friends with Robinson. But uh, the Patriots wanted him. 
Yeah, but the way this – I'm thinking the way this ended and the way Richard left the team, Belichick is not going to pick up Richard Matthews. <laughs> Traded a fifth rounder for Josh Gordon. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. He, Robinson is his boy, and Richard did him wrong. And uh, I just – Maybe. I just – yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. And it should. And by the way, they – they brought in what's his face name for the from Raven. Yeah, ew. That's I would rather die. Yeah, I would no rather thanks. die. No thanks. I I would I, I would rather die. I'd rather one of my best friends. One of my best friends is a Ravens fan, and for the last what is it now three years he's complained about Rashad Perriman at least once every Sunday. He is like their Dwayne Allen, except they spent the first round pick on him. You know, I just really. I just really would like to rather see Cyrus Jones line up at wide receiver than Perriman. Seriously, yes. Cyrus Jones probably has better hands than Perriman. <laughs> Jeremy Curley, though, maybe? Yes. Eh. Jeremy Curley, not bad. Patriot killer. Scott, Absolute Scott Patriot killer. Scott Chandler-esque. And you know what? When they get out of this week, hopefully, like we're, we're praying for this, they will have at receiver – Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, and Cordero Patterson. Like, it could be worse. Yeah. Not it, currently. It, it Currently. It can't be worse. Yeah. It can't be worse. <laughs> right? But once everyone's back, theoretically, this offense is going to be fucking gangbusters. That's the hope. That's the hope. But you just said it can't get worse, and now I'm just imagining a Mike Reese tweet where Matthew oh, Slater, no. where Matthew Slater enters the game because Fildor said Chris Hogan are hurt. No, no, no. John Don't Jones wish that on has me. entered Don't the game. Don't wish that on me. John Jones has entered the game. <laughs> Ken and John also- Barner is lining up in the slot. Oh my God! And all, in all seriousness, uh, the thing that I, I question about the Patriots is how come the Patriots just have struggled to run block the past couple of weeks? I know Trent Brown hasn't been very good, but even other players that are usually pretty good haven't been very good. And this is the same. Yeah, if, you remember, if you remember last year, they were the same exact way. They were just not very good running the ball, and it's just weird. Like because they have, it seems like they have the players to run the ball, but they just, I guess they just don't. Scarnecki, system coach. Oh man! <laughs> nah, nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the best coach Nicky. on the team. Oh, you're right about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, but just uh, being serious about it, I just think it's September, and I think guys really are knocking off the rust. Just there, there were things, there are legitimate things to be concerned about long term with this team. Like if we play Kansas City in the playoffs. Um, it'll be another Super Bowl 52 and it'll just come down to, I guess, who has the ball last, maybe. And look, there's just some teams that we will not be able to beat. But I think that the, the, those concerns are valid. Concerns over like offensive line, even I guess to an extent, receivers with the top guys coming back. Those questions, I think you can, you can kind of avoid. Like eventually, they'll be fine. But the real ones are going to stay the real ones. There's just there's no quick fix. It's incredible that they did nothing to add speed to this defense. Nothing, not one thing. <laughs> they added they added better players at spots where they needed them. I think Danny Shelton's better than Allen Branch. I think Claiborne and uh, Davis, they're upgrades, I guess, on on um, Eric Lee and Cassius Marsh and whatnot. Dietrich Wise does look better, but they didn't add speed. And you look like – imagine if they played the Rams right now. Like, how would that look? <laughs> I have a theory on this. Go for it. So, on, on the – on GM Street, Lombardi was talking about how after the Super Bowl, a Patriots assistant coach called him and was just like, what the fuck just what happened? What the fuck just happened? So 
did the Patriots just like think that this was some crazy aberration? Like, I just <laughs> thought the Super Bowl was like some weird aberration because the rest of the season, I don't know. Like, I, I really, I really don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd like to almost hope so because, gee, I don't know how you can how you could have watched that team and not thought this team really needs speed. Like, I guess they just, yeah. I mean, with the moves they made, it, it looks like well, our front wasn't very good. We need to upgrade on the on the edge and the interior, and and they did that. But yeah, but I uh, I don't know, man. Like imagine imagine if they had drafted Darius Leonard, the guy from Indy, who's been an elite linebacker for them through three games. Imagine they draft him. Imagine they draft Fred Warner from BYU, plays for the Niners now. Are they two sixty? What? No, they're they're like oh. nimble players. They're oh. they're like modern NFL linebackers, and oh, right wow. now they're not they're fucking throwing the Landon Roberts out there. <laughs> oh man! So you're wait you're okay. Hold on, this is this is wild. So you're telling me that when you draft a linebacker, you don't sit him on a scale, and he definitely has to be two sixty. I have some news for you, Bryson. <laughs> it's you like. Don't... Prototypical thumper. <laughs> when I read that, and Bentley wound up hitting, like I think he'll be, he'll be something here for a while. When I read that Bentley was a prototypical thumper, you can go back and listen to the pod. I think it's on bumpers. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to die. Okay, I wanted to die. Like, did you watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> Did you watch it? Are you like are you kidding me? Like imagine watching that game and your takeaway being they need a thumper. They need Brandon we need, thump, we need to thump some guys. We just really need, <laughs> we need to Brandon we just Spikes. really need to thump the fuck out of people. Like I like I know I, I know that offenses are becoming extremely explosive and the run game is like not even barely important anymore, but let's just thump the fuck out of people. People, people are running out of eleven. They're throwing out of base sets. Yeah, we need we need a two hundred and seventy pound middle linebacker. We're gonna fucking set zig. the physical tone. We're gonna zig. You watch, guys. <laughs> Everyone's zagging. Everyone thinks they're cool with all these air raid high school offenses, but you just watch out. We've got the next everyone thinks they're cool linebacker. We're gonna thump everyone the fuck thinks out they're of cool you. using receivers in creative ways. And getting them on matchups with linebackers. Well, you watch this. Watch this. Watch watch Jawan Bentley covering Cooper Cup down the seam. What? <laughs> what? It won't feel so good whenever <laughs> you, you run that one set out of at a twenty two personnel with an extra offensive lineman. And you're just with the fullback and you got two tight ends and you're thinking that you're definitely gonna run the ball in our thumper that one snap a game? No, you thought wrong, bitch. We're thumping the fuck out of you. That's that. Our base defense. Our base defense is a goal line defense. We started four linebackers last week, and none of them can cover. None. Not you know, even one. I'm it's at incredible. The, I'm at the point right now. If I was watching the game, and all of a sudden Danny Shelton just stood up backed off the line five yards and played backer, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, man, yeah. why not? Can't be worse. <laughs> why not? Can't be worse. Going Patricia. Going full Patricia. You know, it's, it's it, uh, I don't know if you listened to the, the end of the last podcast, but Boris said that, uh, Boris said that uh, Belichick was holding Patricia back. <laughs> 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 It, uh, in our in our minds, we're thinking that Matt Patricia was one who wanted to drop Trey Flowers in coverage, but Matt Patricia was actually the one arguing with Bill over dropping Trey Flowers in coverage. Uh, you know what? <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm dealing with a little bit of a cold here. Um, at least we haven't had uh, the Trey Flowers drop in 25 yards into coverage this year. I think at that point I might have broken something. Disgusting. Just disgusting. It, it really is. It really is. I, you know what? I can't wait for Thursday. This game. Woo! This game on Sunday. I've almost like 
I've almost given up on it. Uh, I mean, really. That's good, boys. I mean, I'm ready to do a Colts preview pod right now. (laughs) You know, know, like I said, I've been thinking about it. There's nothing like Thursday night games. Like, the games I remember most are Thursday night games. What? Yeah, I do. I love Thursday. Like, when the Patriots found Thursday night, I don't know why. Well, a couple years ago, like more than a couple years ago, damn, I'm getting old, when the Patriots played the Texans, was that a Monday night game? The Letterman Jacket game? Letterman Jackets was Monday night, and then Thursday night was Jacoby Brissett. Right. See, I just – I don't know. I love Thursday night games for some reason. I think they're so fun. Like, just having your team play on Thursday, it's just – I don't know. It's cool. It's dope to me. It – like, I, I feel you. I feel you that they're playing on Thursday at school. But you're also not seeing them Sunday. I guess Sunday you can watch Red Zone or you can watch other yeah, games. I get so stressed out on Sunday, though. Like, I can't yeah. focus because I'm trying to watch other games and I've, I'm de- degenerately gambling on all these other games. And I'm <laughs> by the time the Patriots get in, I'm pissed off because I fucked up some way or another on a 700-team <laughs> parlay. <laughs> But no, I just I don't know when your team when it's your team it's the only team playing like it just it's the best. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sunday night games though, I could do without Sunday night games. Yeah, Sunday night games suck. They're, they they're, suck. It's just so stressful. The lead up to it, the everything about it, it's just like it, you know it's an event, so that part's cool. But ugh, man, waiting for it is just brutal. I might just drive up. I might just get at this game. I'm just going. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm just going. Ooh. I'm getting out of here. I'm just going to leave. I just want to see the Patriots play. The problem is the tickets are probably $1,000 a pop. <laughs> I just saw. Uh, I'm watching right now on condensed the Pats-Lions game. I just saw Garrett Blunt catch a pass in the flow. <laughs> Looks smoother than Sony Michelle. Uh, we... <laughs> You know what? Why why didn't we use the gear butt like that? Uh, I don't think he's like blunt. I guess we could use him now, but I still don't think he's particularly good. Nah, Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown is a disgrace. You know, Malcolm Brown. You know a player that we could have used, Lane and Collins, drafted two picks after Malcolm Brown. The funniest part is all the gloating that we did. I even I did to the Colts. Uh, well, was that the Dorset? Was that the Dorset draft? That was the Dorset pick. Yeah, they took Dorset. We took Malcolm Brown, and then I still I, I still feel the same way about it though. Just in hindsight, like I don't think Malcolm Brown played poorly. Whatever he's been a mech interior <laughs> defensive lineman for us. I mean, the Colts could use one of those. <laughs> yeah, could have, yeah. At that yeah, point. Sure. Like, I think the Colts still definitely made the wrong pick. The Pats, you could go through every draft, and even drafts where the Pats have gotten good players and look at guys taken after them. Like, you could go to the Antonio Brown draft. You could go to the Brady draft, obviously. Just go to the Brown draft and say, oh, fuck. We took Taylor Price in the third. Could have gotten Antonio Brown. Well, yeah, but Antonio Brown wasn't projected to go there. Like, I, just that thing, like passing up one player for another, is it's tough. It's it's a tough way to evaluate it. I think. Um, not when I'm a fan, Alonzo. Not when, <laughs> not when I can see Landon Collins two picks after Malcolm Brown. It makes me sad. Sony Michelle just got a pass in the flat and got tackled by a defensive end. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't make a miss. You're gonna say that a lot. You're going to say that a uh, lot. We love it. I can't wait to see more of that. All right. All right. One last question. What did you think about the Gronk brother interview? Uh, first of all, I just want to say um, I, I just looked on Belichick's Wikipedia page and Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady are the proud owners of Bill Belichick. because <laughs> Because Gronk vetoed the trade that's number one and also also yeah chris i think he was just from what i know i didn't hear the interview he was just kind of pushed into talking about this and he just did and i and gronk wasn't very happy about it but i don't it doesn't really it doesn't really bother me but the 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 gronk talking about the trade is even weirder than that after the game when they asked about him it's usually something that 
Gronk would just say, you know, no comment or something, but he didn't, and he acknowledged it, and thus him owning Belichick even more, which we just love. You just love to see Belichick try to trade Rob Gronkowski and Brandon Cooks in the same offseason, and Gronk vetoes it. I love that. You're you're right about that. It's it's just Gronk flexing, man. Like seriously, what's Belichick? What's Belichick gonna do right now? Is he gonna bench Gronk? Like, good luck with that. <laughs> I want to see like those little visors that Belichick wears. Like, I want to see Gronk just run up to him and like pull his visor over his head or do something, do something really wild. Just rub just his really visor nice. on his dick. <laughs> <laughs> just rub it on his crotch. <laughs> Give it to Bill. Like, hey, Bill. Yeah, we love it, Gronk. We absolutely, we just absolutely love it. Gronk and Brady owning Bill, love it. Bill, Kraft not saying hi to Bill or vice versa in the hallways. That's the weird. For anyone who hasn't hasn't heard about Ian O'Connor's, uh, that was a book, right? That was in the book. It was a book, yeah. Yeah, it's just about Bill and. Bill and Kraft just walk by each other in the hall and don't even look at each other. Don't even say hi. Can you imagine? Like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever had a job, but I cannot ever imagine a job where I walk past my boss and we don't say hi to each other. Like and every a boss, time I, a boss, <coughs> a boss that you've had for what? 18 years, 19. Yeah. 19, whatever, 19 years. how many years. And I also, the, the other thing about that is the interesting part about, Kraft talking about everyone needs to get their egos in check. And he's clearly not talking about Tom Brady. He's clearly not talking about Tom Brady. Are we sure? Nope. He's not talking about Tom Brady. All right. But Tom Brady, his attitude. Like, come on. Get in gear. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Come on. I, I fucking love, like, I love Tom Brady more than I love most of the members of my family. Um, at least immediate family, I love you. Because you're probably the only ones listening to this. But uh, I love Tom Brady more than most everyone in my extended family. And even I'm like this year, the shit he's been saying, shit he's been doing, the way he's been acting. He's grumpy. He's grumpy. He's a grumpy old man. I guess it's human nature when you have bums on their on just you're just throwing the bums for four weeks and you're 41 and you don't have the patience for it but come on man he looks miserable yeah do you do you really blame him not going to OTAs now do you really blame him do you really blame him do you do you I mean he'd what have, he'd, he'd have Tom Brady not going to OTAs he'd have to He'd have to go every day and watch uh, Stephon Gilmore and Eric Rowe absolutely demolish Chris Hogan and <laughs> Phil Dorsett. Like, what Dude. kind of day is that? You just walk home every day, Belichick's up your ass, and yeah, fuck that. I wouldn't go either. Good job, Tom. I'm like, I'm right with you there, but at least for the games, like he looked disinterested last week. Yeah, he he is not happy. He is not happy. That is for sure. You think he could actually leave? You know, it's been it's been floated around way too much for us to just ignore. Like Curran said it, O'Connor said it, the person uh the person that wrote the book about the NFL just as a whole also said it. That Brady, if he had been let out of his this offseason, would have explored other teams. So like is that an option? Like, is that conceivable? I don't know. I really don't know if it is now. I don't know if Tom Brady, after this season, would want to play for another team. But man, I can, I can definitely see where where Tom would would leave after this past season, after everything after that happened. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I think if he, but still, man, like he's a forty three year old quarterback. Imagine just picking up your shit and saying like, all right, yeah, I'm moving. I'm 43 and I'm moving for the last two years of my career. I feel like that's yeah. Tough. What if, Yeah. What if the bears called and say, Hey, Tom Brady, you want to win a super bowl? Cause he would win a super bowl with the bears. Like if Tom Brady was on the bears this year, they, they're they winning. Don't the super bowl. Yeah. They don't they lose don't a game. Lose a game. <laughs> yeah. Mitchell Trubisky, by the way, 
Like, I think the issue with our team is that the rest of the offense, besides Brady and Gronk and some of the linemen, they're just – and White. They're just Mitchell Trubisky type of caliber players. Bums, essentially. Yeah. But, I mean, basically, you're correct. Oh, All right, man. man. We hate it, but also our Pats getting a win Sunday and Thursday, so that we love. And to everyone, we'll be back after the Pats win, and Alonzo will weep about this Pats win and Phil Dorsett going for six for 100. It will absolutely weep. <laughs> Brett Pats, shout out Brett Pats, making his title talk debut next pod. Brett Pats, you know, uh, what was that sh- – uh, damn it. What, was that, what did that shirt, that Brett Pats shirt say? Did you see it? What no? It said it said I stand with Brett Pats because because of the <laughs> the uh, the trial hearing where it said I stand for Brett. I can't I can't pronounce his last name. The Kavanaugh. the Supreme Court. Ju- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I stand with Brett Pats. We need <laughs> to make those shirts. <laughs> yes, if- yes. I stand with Brett Pats. Title talk. Let's go. Yep. We're ready for it. All right, buddy. I will see you later. Go Pats. Fuck you, Dwayne Allen and Bill Belichick. Josh Gordon, we love you. Love you. Later.